0: a guest this morning, I think the service is going to be a little bit different than what we normally see here at Eastgate Church. What we try to do is we try to be very careful to follow what we call the leading of the Spirit of God throughout every part of a service, okay? That means we come in with an order of service and, and not an agenda, but an idea of how we think a service is going to go, and I come in with prepared message notes i come in ready to preach the house Don't share what god's put on my heart the band practices we come in ready um, to, to just invite the presence of god in here we come in with a plan but but that's all secondary to what god wants to do at any moment in somebody's life you understand You guys showed up hungry today, and I believe that God is moving in response to that anticipation. I believe that God is moving in response to the hunger that I'm feeling in this place from you guys. Y'all showed up. Listen, church, y'all are different this Sunday. Y'all are different this Sunday, which means one of two things, okay? That means either y'all have connected with God in such a powerful way this week that He has rocked your world and made you so hungry. You came in here thirsting and starving for the presence of God. Or you've gone through hell this week and it's drove you in here thirsting and hungering for the presence of God to move and do something in your life. Either way, I'm here to tell you I feel the presence of God in this place to do what needs to be done in our hearts. Y'all feel it too? You feel him in this place? Ben, if y'all will, let's let's just kind of flow. Dave, let me know if your fingers are about ready to fall off. We'll we'll figure out something else. Um, But I say be ready for a marathon. How many of you know that God can do anything? You know that God can do absolutely anything. first week I was gone from here on vacation the Lord dropped in my spirit what he was going to do today and it was just one word and it was pray okay we're going to have a service about prayer I'm going to teach about prayer we're going to see God move and answer prayer because there's going to be some people in here that need some prayer and God to move in their lives but it kept growing over the weeks and it kind of snowballed in my spirit and and it wasn't just the word prayer anymore. It was more of, a, I believe that God is going to do something in your lives today that is going to be a, just a point in time that you can look back on in your life and in your walk with God, and you can say, that day, that day was the day that I changed. That day was the day that the change finally came off. That day was the day that I got serious about my walk with God like I never had before. That day was the day that the page turned and I started to write a new story for the glory of God with my life. Today is a day of new beginnings. Today is a day of new awakenings. And I'm here to tell you that no matter what you've gone through or where you are in life right now. God can breathe a fresh breath of life into you and not just change some stuff over, but to make you a new creation, brand new in Him. From this moment on, through life, God moves in response to prayer. Amen. I want to read something to you. Media team, I'm going to be bouncing all over the place this morning. If you're going to start recording, if you haven't already, now would be a great time. If you're listening to this on the podcast, you're missing what is an incredible presence of God in this place today. And I hope that somehow, some way, that transfers over to where you are. You just take a moment and stop and pray and ask God to speak to you over these next few moments James chapter 5 starting in verse 13 gives us a quick overview of prayer and a quick teaching on prayer and what I love about the Bible is just this that it is absolutely so practical to our lives a lot of times people read the Bible and 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 the Bible should be respected and the Bible should be revered because it is the word of God but God didn't write his word in such a way that we can't decipher and decode it ourselves. He made it practical and easy to understand. And it hits right where we are in real life today. It says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. This is what I know about life. Either you are facing some trouble right now, or give it enough time, and you're going to face some trouble later on. How many of y'all know that's true? Trouble is just part of it. Jesus said, In this world, you're going to have trouble. There's going to be some stuff that you have to face. James is saying, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. You pray when you're in trouble. You pray and seek the face of God when you hit hard times, when you're up against it, when the stuff hits the fan and spreads all over your house. You pray. You seek the face of God. He said, Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. I love this because James is setting the tone for a lifestyle of constant communication with God. He's saying, are you going through a hard time? Well, then you got to pray. Is life all roses and canaries singing as you tiptoe through the fields of flowers? You know, is life like that? Are you happy? Then sing songs of praise to God. Now, praise is different than worship. Worship can be deep and introspective. It can be just like this intimate moment between you and God, just deep, deep worship. But praise is different. Praise has got some passion about it. Praise is you opening your mouth and saying, God, thank you for what's going on in my life right now. Because I know how bad it can be, I know how bad it has been. And I thank you that I have a moment in my life where I've got peace, where I've got, I just thank you for what you've given me in my life. So when you're going through tough times, you pray. When life is good, you talk to God and you thank Him for the stuff that you've got in your life. James says you should have a, just a constant pattern of communication with God. And that's the example that Jesus said in Scripture for us, wasn't it? Jesus was always praying. He was always praying. And I think if I want to follow anybody's example, I'm going to follow the example of Jesus. I mean, check out just, just a quick rip through scripture. Look at these verses. This is just what I pulled up in just a couple of minutes on Jesus and prayed. Luke chapter 3 verse 21 it says this when all the people were being baptized Jesus was baptized too and he was praying and as he was praying heaven was opened isn't that crazy at the moment of baptism which was A a dividing line in Jesus' life that was about to propel him into public ministry. Jesus was already praying. Jesus prayed before the spotlight was on him. And that's why he was ready for the spotlight when it hit. Set a lifestyle of prayer as an example for us. Matthew 14, 23 says this. After he dismissed him, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says... Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Luke five sixteen says, "But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed." Mark fourteen thirty two. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to the disciples, "Sit here while I pray." And even after setting a beautiful example of a lifestyle of prayer in Romans eight thirty four. It reads like this. It says, Jesus, or Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't just stay in a grave? We serve a risen Savior. More than that, who was raised to life, he's at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. After his time on earth was done, after his work was finished, after he won the battle, after he fought and got the victory and paid for your sin and my sin, rose from the dead, he sat down in victory at the right hand of the throne of God and he's praying again for you and for me that's powerful that's powerful to me and I gotta think that if Jesus who was 100% God and 100% man had to pray that much not get jacked up by the stuff that life throws at you maybe that's an example for us what do you think i don't know about you jesus is here i feel like i'm like way 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 down here and if jesus up here had to pray that much maybe the reason why he overcame maybe the reason Why he operated with power. Maybe the reason why he operated with authority. Maybe the reason why he didn't get bitter when he was betrayed. Maybe the reason why he didn't isolate himself and shut off when people talked about him. Maybe the reason why he didn't get frustrated and give up when people turned their backs on him and walked away is because he found a way to connect with his Father in heaven and he established a signal with God and he was constantly downloading the Word of God. He had a pipeline to the presence of God that fed him constantly and I think that's what's missing in so many of our lives today a lot of times we treat prayer like a lot of people treat the national anthem before a baseball game or a football game you know what I mean we're there for the game but we'll stand up because it's a moment of honor national honor for the national anthem so we'll stand up hands over our hearts salute, take our hats off, but when it's over, the national anthem has no impact at all on the game, does it? It's just something that we do before the game, and I think that's where a lot of us miss it, guys, is that we see prayer as something that's just kind of part of the tradition, that's kind of part of the ceremony, but it's not what we're really all about. It's something that we'll do as a moment of honor in church or even before Thanksgiving dinner. We'll stop and we'll pray and we'll bless the food. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, thank you for this bountiful harvest that you have given to us. We just ask that you nourish it to our bodies. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's the depth of our prayer life. It's a tribute or something that we give to God. But God doesn't want us to have a life of prayer like that. God wants us to constantly be in prayer. Prayer is a lifestyle. It's not an event. That's the example that he set for us. And so many Christians walk around powerless because we don't have prayer as a lifestyle. We treat it as an event. It's something that happens at key moments, but it's not something that we take with us. So when life hits us, we can't overcome life because we're not connected to the power that we're supposed to be walking in because of our connection with God through prayer and i really feel like today god's wanting to get across to all of us you want to go to a new level in me it hinges on your relationship it hinges on prayer it hinges on spending time with him it can't be it can't be an event mindset kind of thing it has to be a lifestyle amen that's easy to say in church that's easy to say in a place where i feel the presence of god so strong right now, and I can't wait for what he's about to do in your lives. But I feel if I don't I don't share some of this stuff with you, I'm about to explode up here because I I, I gotta get some of this stuff out to you because it's gonna impact and change some of your lives here today. Have you guys ever read the book of First Thessalonians? It is absolutely powerful. There's there's a chapter in First Thessalonians 5. But just one quick group of verses. Some of the shortest verses you're ever going to find. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You ever wonder what God's will for your life is? It starts right there. It starts with rejoicing. It starts with praying. And it starts with thanksgiving those things lead you to the next step. Pray continually. Pray continually. Why is that important? It's imperative that we spend a lifetime or a lifestyle, we have a lifestyle of prayer. It's imperative, guys, because listen, prayer does a few things. Here's the one, two, three of what prayer can do in your life. I'm going to put these up on the screen for you real fast. Am I going too fast? I don't want to blow through this, but I, I, I want to get to where we're going here and where I feel like the Spirit of God is leading us today. This is it. Listen, One, number one, if you're taking notes, this would be a good group of stuff to write down right here. One, God moves in response to prayer. God moves in response to prayer. All right. Two, prayer is how we fight the enemy. When I say the enemy, I mean the devil. Satan. Prayer is how we go to war to defeat the enemy. Through the power of prayer. All right, and prayer is where we get to hang out with God, and let His presence restore us and renew us, and let His anointing wash over us, and let Him rekindle that fire that's inside of us. Are y'all staying with me right now? All right, now listen. That's the one, two, three's of prayer. That's what it does. But think about the opposite of this, and this is this is the mistake so many people make because this is where we live our lives so many times because we don't pray. Put that one, two, three back up there for me, guys. Now look at this in an opposite kind of way. Okay? If you don't pray, God doesn't move. Because God moves in response to prayer. If you're not praying, then the stuff in your life that's beating you down is probably never going to change. Because you're not speaking the solutions to the problem and asking God to move on your behalf and open the doors and provide the healing. Okay. When we don't pray, we can't fight the enemy. That means there's no resistance to anything he wants to do in your life and he can just blow right through. You. Have his way with your life, have his way with your family, have his way steal your peace, steal your love, steal your joy. Just have his way. When there is no prayer, there is nothing to fight the enemy with. And when there is no prayer, there's no hanging out with God. There's no relationship with Him. There's no letting His love wash over us and restore us. There's there's no refueling of the fire inside of us. This is where a lot of people live their lives. This is what people don't realize is this, and this is I wrote this down very specifically. On, Without prayer, we are limited to a physical response to what has happened. Without prayer, we're limited to a physical response to what's happening. This is where most people live their lives. We try to fix stuff on our own instead of taking it to God and letting Him move on our behalf. We try to carry stuff that we were never meant to carry, and it weighs us down, and it wears us out, because He said, cast your cares on me. That I care for you. That my burden's easy. My yoke is light. I'll take it. Give it to me. Don't try to handle this all on your own. There's a lot of practical stuff we can do in life to resolve things. But you know that the only solution to a spiritual problem is a spiritual solution. You can't solve a spiritual problem with a physical solution. That's where a lot of people mess up. Where a lot of people mess up. Guys, we don't have to go down that road. We don't have to fall into that trap. This is why so many people are stressed out over life. This is why so many people live in constant worry and fear and anxiety. Because we're not giving the stuff to God in prayer. We're trying to solve it ourselves. And you're never going to solve a spiritual issue with a physical solution. It just can't happen. It just can't happen. It just can't happen. But when we pray and God moves in response to prayer... We literally from earth access heaven and God brings a spiritual solution into the physical realm to address the issues in our lives. And walls come down and chains begin to drop and bodies begin to heal and souls begin to be restored and the past begins to wash away. And we begin to see the future that God set in front of us. When we pray, things start to happen. Things start to happen. God begins to move James chapter 5 he says are you in trouble pray are you happy give praise to God then he says "Is, is anyone among you sick let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord is anyone among you sick see for years I read that and I thought that meant hey if you got something wrong with you physically and you're sick Then you get the elders or the pastor or the board or the leaders in the church come up and they anoint you with oil and pray over you and you can be healed. And that is what that means. But this word sick is one of those dual meaning words in the Greek. It does mean physical illness, but you know what else it means? It doesn't just mean physically sick. It means weary and feeble. this takes on a whole nother meaning so James says if you're in trouble pray for yourself and you can praise God on your own when things are good and he says are you sick not just physically but are you weary are you tired are you exhausted weary, tired exhausted he says, if you hit a point in your life where you're just worn you ever hit a point in your life where you're just worn out? you just worn out? Like you fought and fought and fought and fought and fought and thought the victory you ought to be on the other side of the hill, but all you see is more army for you to fight through. Have you ever been in a point in life where you believed and you stood in faith and you trusted God, but that season is lasting a little bit longer than you thought it would, and you're a little uncomfortable, and you're just tired? just tired. Maybe you love God. And you still got passion for Him, but emotionally and mentally you're just weary. And you're tired. James says when that happens, when that happens, now you got to switch gears from praying by yourself and surround yourself with people that can lift you up in prayer. People that will stand beside you and encourage you and speak life over you and pray the solution to the problems that you're facing in life. Look, I mean, am I talking to people right now? You know what it's like to be weary. You know what it's like to be. How many of you would say right now, Pastor Josh, I am in some stuff right now. And if I just had to be honest, I'm just a little tired right now. I'm just a little weary right now. Yeah, I see hands going up. A little tired. I'm a little weary. I'm a little tired. I'm sick and tired I'm facing the same issues over and over again I'm sick and tired being broke. I'm sick and tired of being sick. I'm sick and tired of dealing with the same problems in my family. I'm sick and tired of the rebellious attitude of my teenagers. I'm sick and tired of the family issues and the drama. I'm sick of people lying about me. I'm sick of people talking about me. I'm just weary of the constant pressure that I have to face. I'm tired of working and working and working and doing things right and getting passed over for promotion after promotion after promotion. And I'm tired of seeing other people succeed While I feel like I'm spinning my tires and I'm not able to get traction. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of the same old issues. I'm ready to see something change. He says, when you get to that point, and listen, we all get to that point. We all get to that point. Sooner or later. You get to the why would you say that, Josh? It wouldn't be in the Bible if we didn't need to be prepared for it. You hear what I'm saying? Let's just take the church face off for a minute. Can we do that and just be real? It wouldn't be there if we didn't get there. It wouldn't be there if we didn't need it. And James says there's going to be times... When praying by yourself isn't going to be enough, you need to surround yourself. That's why there's other verses in the Bible that says that we're supposed to bear one another's burdens. We're supposed to lift each other up in prayer. That we're supposed to encourage one another and spur each other on to good works. This is why it's important for us to be connected to a church. This is why it's important for us not to isolate ourselves and try to be some kind of long-ranger Christian out there doing it on our own. Now, You can have a powerful relationship with God. You can have a rock star walk with God. But this is what I know. Sooner or later, you're going to need people to lift you up and to pray for you. He says, when that happens, you surround yourself with people. You don't isolate yourself. You go. When you feel like you can't do it on your own, you go and you ask for prayer. And you let the elders and the leaders of the church, you surround yourself with godly people that will lift you up and encourage you. Point you to the right. This is why I say, here at Eastgate, no one walks alone. No one walks alone. And I don't want that just to be some kind of cool saying that the church has these cool sayings all over. This church has got a cool saying that church has got a cool saying this church has got a cool saying because they ripped it off from that church and they thought it was cool so they wanted to make it their saying, you know. I just don't want it to be a cool saying. I want it to be a pillar of this church. At this church, nobody walks alone because we're going to be weary sometimes and we're going to need each other to lift each other up. Amen? Nobody walks alone. You know, it reminds me of a story in the Bible. This guy was crippled. And he couldn't get to Jesus. And he wanted to get to Jesus because Jesus was praying for people and healing people. And he couldn't get there because so he was crippled. He couldn't get there on his own. But this guy had four buddies. And they got together and they picked him up. And they carried him to a place that he couldn't go himself. And they took him up on the roof. And they ripped the roof off the place where Jesus was. And they lowered that guy down in front of Jesus. Because he couldn't get to Jesus on his own in that moment. But he had a crew with him that could put him in front of Jesus. And so they lowered him down. And this is what the Bible says. The Bible says that Jesus healed him because of their faith. That is powerful. That's why we got to surround ourselves with the right kind of people. Because God will do stuff in our lives when other people pray for us. One puts a thousand to fly. What's that verse? Two puts what? Ten thousand. There's power in prayer. There's power in prayer. Are you going through some stuff today? Are you facing some trouble? We're going to. Are you weary today? We're going to pray. We're going to anoint with oil. Here's something cool about this first. We're fixing to pray after this. Oil. Can you put that back up there, media team? Thank y'all so much for bouncing around with me today. On this. We're, we're all over my notes today. Don't so call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. You know, back then, oil had so many different purposes. Uh, still does today you know those people that sell essential oils if you sell essential oils I'm not picking on you but I'm telling you they got an oil for everything don't they I mean everything you stumped your toe oh I've got a special oil that's just made for the nerve endings in your toe which toe was it oh yeah I got that covered you could, you know, they got it dialed in there's an oil for everything with, with the people that sell that and a lot of that stuff works I'm not knocking it it's just a good example well back then, oil fixed almost everything. If you got cut, they would put oil in it to help promote healing and keep it from getting infected. If you were sore, there was oil that they could put on you and they'd rub it in your muscles and help relieve it. You got a bruise, put oil on it and help it heal faster. And when a lot of times when people would take a bath they would put oil with scent put in it like frankincense or whatever they would, they would put it in there so that the oil would stay on them they carried the scent oil just had so many properties it was seen as it was seen then as like the one stop do it all kind of substance you could have in your life and this is what God chose to put in scripture to represent the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And His power on our lives is anoint with oil. Why is that? Because I can handle whatever problem you're facing. I can cure whatever problem that you have. I can fix wherever you're sore. I am the solution for everything. Anoint them with oil. Let my presence be solution to every issue let my my anointing be the encouragement that restores the weary soul let my anointing be everything because his anointing is everything that's just powerful and it goes on and he says and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they sin, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. This verse in Scripture scares people to death. Confess your sins to one another. Let's do that real fast. Look at the person next to you. And I want you to think of the most jacked-up, sinful thing you've ever done in your life. And on the count of three, I want you to tell it to him The deepest, darkest, sinful thing you've ever done on the count of three. Okay? One, two. Okay, stop. Don't do that. I could feel the presence of God leaving the place. Everybody was freaking out for a second. Pastor Brad was getting nervous because he was going to have to tell the disco ball story. There is no disco ball story. Uh, so, who do you confess this stuff to? You confess it to the people that are praying for you, the people that love you. You get it out of your life so you can have a solid relationship with God. It says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Why? Because it brings a spiritual solution to a spiritual problem. It brings heaven to earth. It is the oil. It's the oil. The anointing of God is the doorway with which that travels. Prayer. Now, do you believe that prayer can accomplish a lot? Do you believe that prayer can change lives? Do you believe that prayer can change situations and solutions? I do too. And you're thinking, well, yeah, Pastor Josh, we're here at church. We're supposed to say prayer change stuff. That's what you do at church. You're supposed to say prayer. I'm saying inside where no one else can see, do you believe that your prayer can be heard by God and bring about change in your life? The Bible says that we have this confidence. We Go to him in prayer. He hears us. He hears us. God's listening. this morning. I want to spend some time in prayer. I want to pray for solutions. I want to pray for strength. I want to pray for restoration. I want to pray for healing. I want the presence of God to move in this place. Now, I'm going to ask some leaders to come up in a moment. I'm going to ask Pastor Brian, Pastor Jeremy to come on up and stand right here. We're going to be ready to pray for you. But you do realize there's a lot of people they idolize people that pray oh if I can get so and so to pray for me it'll be fine if I can get so and so to pray for me it would be amazing and I do know that some people pay a price in the closet of prayer that other people aren't willing to pray and they walk in a more tangible presence of God because of that I get that but you do realize that there are no spiritual VIPs in the kingdom of God there's just us serving Him and I don't have anything that you can't have And the staff doesn't have anything that you can't have. We are all level at the foot of the cross. But the Bible does say that we should pray for one another. And that's what we're going to do. All right? Do you need prayer this morning? Do you need prayer this morning? Are you going through some trouble? Are you facing some stuff? Do you need prayer? Do you need prayer for healing in your body this morning? Are you here today and you're just weary and tired? and you need someone to pray life over you because you are about you're about done with what you're walking through because God answers in three different ways. He answers with a yes, he answers with a no, and he answers with a wait, and I'm a real big fan of yes and no. I don't like the wait. Because the wait isn't fun. Because then you got to wait for the yes or the no. Just tell me. I don't want to wait. It's going to be a yes or no. Why do I got to wait? Why do I got to wait? I'm bad with stuff like that. It's tough sometimes when you got to wait. And we need to be encouraged. The enemy's strategy is to separate, to isolate, and destroy. To separate by using sin or issues so that we isolate ourselves and become weary and frustrated so that he can destroy us. I don't want to see you fall in that trap. Alright? So let's bust loose from that today and let's get in the presence of God, and let's pray. Amen? You guys want to pray? Right, stand up.
1: Let's stand up.